Good evening and welcome to Dog Talk. I'm Dan Camilleri. And I'm Laura McKillop. We'd like to start by thanking Enduro for their ongoing support in bringing you our weekly Q&As. Uh, today and this episode, we're fortunate enough to be speaking with Jim Luce from Coogee Kelby's. G'day, Jim. How are you going, mate? Yeah, good, thanks. Yeah, feeling fine. Feeling fine. That's great to hear, mate. And uh, did some babysitting today? Yeah, yeah. We, on Wednesdays, we usually we babysit. Um, they're twins, a set of twins, and they're, um, they're five-year-old. Yeah. Keep you busy. But, yeah. Oh, they're pretty... They're pretty easy now. They they occupy their own mind pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> Mate, for, for the people that don't know you, Jim, uh, obviously you're Jim Luce. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, or where you, where you grew up, mate, and a little bit about that? Yeah. Yeah, I, I was reared on a small dairy farm at a place called Tallowood Point. It's only a forest there now, I think. But it's a foot of the Dorigo Mountains. Uh, supposed to be the highest rainfall in the state in that area. And uh, we had a couple of dogs there, but didn't know much about them. They were pretty ordinary dogs. But uh, when I got married, we moved to, uh, to Inverell onto a property and I encountered sheep there and... Uh, I quite liked it and uh, I had to get myself a couple of dogs and the, uh, the dogs I tried were ex-dogs from down the coast and they were all Heinz breed and they, they weren't, weren't very, uh, very natural on stock. Uh, yeah, I... I got a, a good dog. He was a good paddock dog, but um, he wasn't wasn't very good in the yard. My first dog, and I had to learn off uh, those tools of that in those days. You had to, uh, I just picked it up as I went along. And I remember a year at the first year I was. Mustering for he, uh, he used to sit his dog at smoke that he went and do a bit of work with his dog and sit his dog and pass it out and then off the in the post paddock there and uh, yeah. it up off him that straight and, uh, and just picked it up as I went along watching people that I thought were doing good things with their dogs, you know. Yeah, and what kind of dog was that, Jim? Pretty good. What, what breed of dog was that? Yeah, it was a collie. I think it had a bit of cross in it, but uh, yeah. it was marked as a collie. Good uh, big strong dog, but uh, it came off of the, I think I paid $5 for it. Off the yeah. Dog. Of one of the neighbouring properties there that had a reputation for a fair line of dogs. Yeah, he was a good dog, yeah. Can't even buy a beer for five dollars these days. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And uh, then 
we went down to uh, the Gunning and the Southern Tablelands there at uh, uh, there were 25,000 sheep on Gunning when I went there as overseer. And uh, then I uh, was needing the land for purebred kelpie pups, right? they were $50 each. And, yeah. Don Horton from rugby, he was a, a next driver and a skier. And uh, they were very good dogs, and that's where most of my body was the color of Horton. Yep. I got uh, Bill's Greg Sam from Greg Carmody. Greg good handler. And uh, he, he was using he used to hear for Graham Horton and he was using Court Horton Squire which is a very good all round dog that uh, Graham Horton uh, Don's son had. And uh, that's where I got Phil's Creek Sam. And uh, he was a very good all round dog. Uh, yeah. Was he a bit of a handful, Jim? He had a fair bit in him. Um, yeah. A fair bit of fire in him. Uh, he, uh, I remember, uh, he was uh, Nancy Withers said, you'd be no good to me. <laughs> I wouldn't have him. <laughs> he, he wanted plenty of work and I had plenty of work. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. He was good at, at anything you put him to, um, and uh, he he was um, the first sire of Quidney Kelpies. Um, he only bred until he was a couple of years old, and he went infertile. But he he bred to every bitch that went to him. A lot came to him, um, and a lot. And the, Quite a few, and a few of them didn't go and pup, but uh, he, uh, and I got um, the very minute I got him as a pup of Chris Tableton, and um, he was a very good dog, very tough little dog, and that gave strength to the cross, an exceptional crossing dog. Of complete outcross and a lot of a lot of good dogs in the southern New South Wales that um, had had that bloodline in them. Absolutely. Yeah. You've and mentioned two dogs there that we see in lots of pedigrees. Yeah. yeah. They, uh, especially after um, when Pat won the Kelpie trial. Had a flood of bitches who wanted to come to him, but as I said, he went infertile. I got a few in, but he went infertile. I got him tested. They said he got a virus, and his breeding system closed down. But it was unfortunate. Uh, but uh, I, I had a few pups of his that turned out pretty good too. Um, oh. Michael Johnson, Melbourne, Basil, and uh, I had 
Melbourne Darky, they were brothers, they were both born. And uh, I see talking about age of pups when you should uh, bail out on them. Darky yeah. was 12 months old and I, he wasn't doing much. He, I normally wouldn't keep him that long, only that he was the son of Pats and the, uh, I'd give him on, dem on um, demonstration that I'd give him to a neighbour and he returned him and couldn't get him to work. And I, I said, I'll give him to the, to the spring and if he doesn't, then I'll uh, bail out of him. But, uh, he turned out to be very good. He won two state and national trophy trial. Wow. And, lucky you uh, held on to him. Yeah, lucky I am. Something seemed to tell me to do it. But, uh, but uh, yeah. Uh, also, I had a um, target of Chris Stapleton's and Capri Jim, I used to call him Punch. Um, he was a very good dog, too. So I had, had a pack of. Uh, Five very good dogs. Had another one, Capri, Capri uh, Rex. He would buy a minute, and uh, he was uh, out of a system to punch. And, uh, he turned out to be he won the champion of champions in the trophy trial, and he won two trophy trials. But um, so I had a, a handy pack of dogs. Dan, why why do you think you were so successful with that particular team of dogs at that time? Yeah, well, I line bred and uh, just looking for a, an outcross that you a quarter to make quarter of the of the mating. Um, bloodlines, uh, dogs that sort of suited what I wanted, and uh, just kept that quarter of, of an outcross in the in the uh, in the line. But uh, uh, I got good service out of them and did a lot of did a lot of work at home and. Um, it took us took us to a few places. Took us to America, and then uh, later on, a dog, Hugendale Kim. We took us to Tasmania to to compete over there and test against New Zealand, and. Uh, so I was very lucky to get on with that breed of dog and I had to work for them, which was a big thing with the Kelpie. Um, once, once you get that there, a bit of work in and, uh, and they, they're very set in their commands and that, you can, uh, 
that I can pray it just as well as the colleagues did for me later on. Yeah. And why did you make the shift to colleagues later on? Well, I retired to uh, out a hundred acres there at Cara, and uh, I still had to help it, but I was getting a better age, and uh, I didn't have much work. I had well, in the end, a few training shifts, and I just found the, the college. I tried them. And, uh, no, they, they went pretty well for me. They competed with three seats with me. Um, but as far as work, that, uh, when you're working big numbers of sheep, uh, the crop is superior because it'll be the, the yard and, uh, and um, mustard and a little bit. Did the shed work too? So you've got sort of three components in them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Were there any um, collies that stood out for you? They good. Did you have any collies that stood out for you? Yeah, I had uh, a one. Screen. Um, I think they call it the, the Southwest Championship with uh, a dog that uh, Ballard's tough. Um, and uh, also uh, there were one with a little white bitch I had. Yeah, they, they went well for me. I was. Uh, Placed at the state titles a couple of times with them, or a few times, mate. One and obviously over the last year I competed with the young bitch. But I was just picking up dogs that uh, were disregards and that they, uh, they turned out fairly well for me. Yeah. And who would like. What dog was most influential to you? Was it Sam or a different dog? Sam probably had a soft spot for him. He had, uh, if he got the right sheep, he could, he could run the top three sheep. Yep. He, could, he could draw a sheep onto him and settle him down. He had a lot of feel about his work. Um, minute was a Stronger dog, but uh, probably never quite had the, the natural work that Pat had. But a very good temperament, and he he uh, he uh, handled well for me. It was good. You got tough if you're smiling when you had men out there. <laughs> <laughs> Why, um, I know it's like obviously Phil's Creek Sam, but I you've called him Pat a few times and he's referred to as Pat. But why did he have two names there? Yeah, well, it, it, I probably confused you then. He was uh registered as Phil Creek Sam, but I had a 
up when we were kids and we used to call it Patton. Before I got him registered, I think he was probably before he was registered, I'd call him Papa, Pat of the Papa. And I sort of stuck with him. Yep. Um, a lot of, I'm, I'm good at making nicknames, whether it's good or not, I don't know, nicknames are. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the, and of course, Pum, Punch, his name was Jim. Jim, but uh, yeah, he, I named him Punch. I don't know. I think it, then again, before he was registered, but I nicknamed him that. Yeah, but, uh, no, and obviously, you, you didn't want a dog, well, a dog with a little bit of punch in them. Um, there's actually a, a question there, Laura. Did you want to ask that? Yeah. Um, the question is from Scott Oliver. He's asked, what is your best techniques for handling hard-headed dogs? Yeah, well, um, you, you, you want to play your work for them just to take a lot of that out of them, but... Uh, um, they're, uh, I don't know whether he's put him on a rope at all. You can put him on a rope and, and get them to teach them their commands on a rope. And uh, if they uh, try to get away from you, you've got the rope on them, and you can give them a little bit of a a little bit of a jerk when they're doing the wrong thing. Um, that's about. That's about um, the best I can think of at the moment. That's cool. Get get in their head a bit more then, obviously. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah teach them to to stop on the rope and. Walk into you on the rope, piecing their sides left and right on the rope. Um, that, that's good. Yeah, that helps a lot more. It's a bit hard when they they're not listening, and yeah, especially if you're out with a mob of sheep, you usually get a get a bit of action. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, well answered, mate. And you've um, obviously inspired a lot of people over your time and started helped out a few people, some really good handlers out there. Was there someone that inspired you, um, whether it be trialling or dog handling when you were younger? No, not really. I, as I said, there was no such thing as dog schools or training. In my day, but uh, I uh, I just picked it up of what I saw and what I liked. Other handlers doing, you don't see many that uh, a lot of um, property owners and that are. Some of them are, are pretty ordinary handlers, so you don't you don't 
only see occasionally someone that, uh, when you get along a bit, that, that uh, impresses you. Yeah. And, Were there many that did? No. Uh, I, yeah, I, I probably uh, had a few that, there was a few that did, but um, um, I learned most of it. Probably myself trying to perfect things, and then when you start trialing that, you you learn a lot more. Yeah, putting sides on your dog and that. Early days, it was just straight out to the wing and back again behind you. But um, when you learn, you can clockwise and any clockwise command him. You can uh, got full control of your sheep. You know you can turn them whichever way you you want to go with them. But uh, schools are good for for learners. I think can give you because you come into a pretty roar and you you uh, you, you uh, don't know what to do with your dog and. To, to improve and, and uh, you see an experienced handler that's doing good things with his dog, you sort of pick things up yourself and try to bring it into your training. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, although you, um, you're not working, you haven't worked for a few years now or trial, did you notice a difference over the way people handled stock? From when you were younger to as you matured? Yeah, well, years ago it was probably you drove your stock. There's a lot of drivers today who they, they, they um, muster with the motorbike and, uh, you know, they're on limit. They've got them on a time limit, I guess, or they want to get them in as best as they can. And they, uh, but, Back when you worked off the horse and you had long distances to go with the sheep, you had to find it, let, let them find the lead. And um, just to move them along. You make more pace, I think, in the long run if you, uh, if you get, a, get a lead going and uh, let, them, let them walk out, you know. It's, uh, if you drive them, they say, I'm going to want to ring a bit. But, uh, I, I don't think they got the work. Not, not in all areas anyway, the work for um, mustering in big paddocks and, uh, and as I said, off horses, it's a lot slower. A lot slower going than the dog, you know, it's sort of, yeah. And you yeah. mentioned Laura and I, you, you haven't mustered to your mustard off a horse. A, a special feeling there for you? Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's good. You, uh, you usually don't miss anything in the paddock. Sometimes on the bike you're going a bit fast and you might miss something. But uh, on a horse you can bring your time to see what's going on as you go around. Usually, in a lot of cases, we might have 
three blokes mustering the outside fellow, sending them into the middle fellow and then referring them to the inside uh, fellow um, or forces. But, uh, yeah, you probably do that off bikes too. Yeah. And, and did you um, ever do much work with cattle or was it mostly sheep? I used to buy about 500 wieners each year, wiener cattle, and run when I was at, uh, by then I'd moved to Bungonia and uh, I was looking after three properties and used to buy about 500 wiener cattle. But um, early days we had work cows and calves, but um, mainly uh, I was 20 odd years at Bungonia where we were all just buy young steers in the winter when they're light and condition and take them through to the next spring. And, uh, Getting more than double your money for them if you received them was right. Yeah. You were using your same dogs for work that you trial with as well? Oh, yeah. I worked on first. Yeah. Um, McKelpies were worked on first. Um, yeah. I, uh, they made your work easy too when you, you know, got a, an all around dog. Sort of, you know, the better the dog, but I think the easier your work is. Yeah. It's like the tradesman, he hasn't got decent tools, I suppose. Not real good. No, that's right. That makes his job a lot harder, right? It does, yeah. 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 And but, when you had young dogs coming along, what did you like to see in your young dogs before you moved, or rather than moving on, what made you keep those young dogs? Yeah, well, I, as a pup, I might put him around a few little pet mulberry sheep and just see what natural work he's got in. But I like, uh, I should give a little bit of natural work or uh, a good temperament dog, because. I've had a lot and seen a lot of very natural dogs and you can't, they won't let you get hold of their, their full ability. Whereas if a good temperament dog, you can sort of, as long as he's got some natural ability, you can train him up to what you want him to do. And yeah. usually he'll never let you down, whereas the other, Natural dog sometimes if you try to push him too hard, he'll bail out but as far as he wants to go. You know, a good temperament dog or the work gets tougher, but the harder he works, you know, he works for you. Yeah. And you're spending a lot of time with your dogs, right? So, temperament and, and nature will be very important to you. Yeah. Very, very important, yeah. Yeah, I spend a lot of, I always like stock work and um, always had plenty of sheep to work, so I like, uh, 
I like it when contented with work and and they, as I said, they were quite successful at trialing in that too for me. How did you go about picking a pup for yourself when you had a litter of pups? Yeah, well, first up, I think you pick the pup you like, but first up I used to like the big bowl one that come out first here and hit the, fan, the gate with his paws. But, uh, they're more <coughs> usually more yardish, a bit more on the yardish side, whereas you get that, that um, good type pup, so I was sitting back watching, watching the others and watching you a bit. Yeah, they're probably uh, often turn into the better all around dog. You don't want to leave anything that goes back in the kennel a bit fried and you don't want to touch things. Yep. But, uh, like that average sort of pop these days? Yeah. yeah. They often stand out in soon watching what's going on and they're they're forward enough that they're not that they're not always really at the game. And you mentioned oh sorry. You're right. I, I was gonna say you mentioned that um you like to that bulk up and to get on your trainer sheet. Did you have a setup that you liked? Like was it just a middle of a paddock or did you like a round yard? Uh, I, might, I never had a round yard, but, uh, yeah, as soon as I could, I'd get them out in the paddock, out in the paddock away from things and see if they could hold them on, the little mob of sheep, you know. Then I'd like to take them on a, when they were about seven or eight months old, take them on a, on a drive or at Collingwood there we had quite a lot long drive into the shearing sheds from the back paddocks and you get a mob of about two or three hundred coming in and uh, they're old to use. You know, I'd let him off first with a couple of good and broken in dogs and then uh, and working off the lead when you want to get a bit of an idea of that. And then when you had a mob that you could, uh, and a bit of clear going, I'd put him off on his own and, and start him giving you a guard hand himself. If he, when he tired, I'd let the elder dogs off and so he didn't make start making mistakes, too many mistakes uh, as he got tired. But, uh, yeah, good, good bit of driving. You've got a bit of driving if you've got a fair bit on. It's, uh, it's good education for a young dog. And, um, You know, you've got, got to then work him back onto the head again because you've started to pull him up a bit on the, on the shoulder. Working when you've got to take him back to holding up the mop again. Yeah. 
to respond to it. And the cool idea of it, you know, they need about oh, probably 18 months of work to become mature, right to be setting their commands. Yeah. Uh, did you like them to have their heads a bit, or did you like to have a little bit of, of command on them most of the time? Yeah, well, you've got to stop off the head a bit when you start driving along. First start them out with the older dogs, though. Um, of course, otherwise you won't be able to keep the sheep up to the shearer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, then, as I said later on, I used to put them on the rope and... Uh, Give education on the rope too. Yep. Um, but what you put into them is what you get out of them. Uh, for me, it was, it was uh, wasn't hard to go and work on a dog. Um, whereas uh, if you if you ne if you neglect them a bit, they uh, they get a bit full of it and it makes it harder for you. Yeah. Absolutely. And you've mentioned doing a bit on the rope there. Did did you ever do much away from sheep on the rope as well or was it always in the presence of sheep? No, it was all, always dry without sheep. Yes. Yeah. No, I'd do it in front of the tool shed. Had an area there that I put, put them on the rope on. But... Uh, yeah, I'd work them in the, take them into the yards on the road and teach them to reverse in the drenching race and walk forward. If you do it in the drench, drenching race, they can't swing away from you. They've got to come straight to you or they can't turn tail. You have a rope on them. If they go to turn tail, just straighten them up. Yeah. And they learn to walk backwards then on you give the command of a, I used to give a voice and a whistle command and they learn both of them, they respond to both of them. So, uh, yeah, and there's a lot of work you can do in the yard too with you know, reversing them off the mob and walking them up to the, to the, to the mob and stopping when, you, when they get as close as you want them. But, uh, yeah, I you can do a lot of uh, circle work in the yard with them too. Yeah. But uh, they're, uh, they're uh, you know, if you've got a good temperament, doggy becomes a good friend too. And he likes to uh, be guard working with you. Yep. Always yep. good when you uh, enjoy the people you work with, right? That's right, yeah. Makes one the day go and enjoyable. One thing, if you have an argument with a dog, you'll jump back and lick your hand, whereas if you have an argument with a fellow <laughs> worker, you'll usually get the huffs and <laughs> walk off. Well, yeah, walk off. <laughs> did you sorry you got the 
was just going to say, did you favour a paddock dog over a yard dog, um, even though you like that all-round dog? Um, it had to be an all-round dog for me, especially when I'm when I was working a lot of sheep, you know, doing a lot of, a lot of hard work with them. Um, because if you've got a you know, paddock dog, you've got to go and then tie, tie him up and get a yard dog and have a yard dog. So if you can get the, it all in one, you know, you're, if you're doing a lot of work, you can have it. If you've got a couple of dogs, you can change it, give them a swap over and yeah. things like that. Absolutely. And you mentioned a bit earlier about uh, Pat getting a, a few bitches after he'd won these few trials there. Um, obviously, in, in yourself there, um, what did, did – how, how do I put this? Would you just let him go to any bitch or did you um, have to, like, proof the bitches yourself or yeah. like the bitches that you let him go over? Selective about them. Uh, not really, but they were usually uh, – other trialers that, you know, get that close into the breeding of dogs and what a dog's performance is. Uh, so, you know, Billy Luffin, he brought a dog up, a bitch up, but she didn't go into pup for him, but um, he's another good handler. But, uh, uh, Chris and I have bred a few with Chris Stapleton. But, um, yeah, I don't remember turning any away, but as I said, you didn't breathe for that long. You know, I was just lucky to get what, what I got. And I, uh, he threw a sent a good, he was a good side, you know, he didn't throw many, I don't remember any dad. Pups at all. Um, yeah. They've got some handy progeny that uh, I know a bit diluted these days, but there's still some progeny out there that have a, a bit of his blood in there and some pretty successful dogs at that. That's right. Yeah, there's a lot of them with a very successful mating, really. Uh, it's a pity it didn't keep going, but uh, we don't have much say on those things. No, we don't. Uh, and we've mentioned trialling a few times there, mate. How many years? How many years did... What was the question again? He's just frozen on us. I think it was how many years um, did you trial for? Yeah, uh, I, uh, I must have about 50 years, probably about 50 years ago. At Bura was a utility trial with a dog called Paladin Rex that I had. Yeah. It, it was all Scanlon blood, very good all around station dog. Yeah. Yeah. He lacked a little bit of walk up strength. He'd force up, but he wouldn't. Um, on a few seconds, 
had him using his jaw and had him like a little bit of all that stuff. Yeah. And were you successful in that first one? Yeah, I, I trialled him a bit, but he was my excellent station dog. Yeah. He'd done a lot of work for me. But, uh, about the last of a good station, a Scanlon Blood. Megan's there. I don't know where that. I had one after he wasn't so good, but um, hey, Parsons bought a bit down the joint and after watching him work, Tony, Tony used to lie on the bed of their tail up or anything like that. So he's pretty particular in what he demanded in the dog, so he thought he was all right. So. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. was it? What was it about the trialing that you enjoyed? Uh, it was. Um, yeah, I suppose you take your dog out to what you can do with him, but uh, I was intrigued with it. Really, I mean, something I had to master. And, uh, Good relaxation, and most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we travel. We wouldn't have traveled like we did. We traveled all over the southern states and uh, over the west and that, and Tasmania. Had some good trips with uh, fellow travelers heading across the country and. On the boat. Yeah. Uh, 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 <laughs> you said earlier you went to America. What were you doing over there with the dogs? No, I didn't take a dog over there. I went over there and did some schools. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in Iowa. But, uh, yeah. Were their dogs very different to ours? Yeah, well, you never see, I think the Thousand Sheep was the biggest place I saw. Um, I didn't, you know, the mobs are about 50 or 60. But they do, a, they do a lot of corn growing and beans in that, in that area, and they just had the sheep. Leading out along areas where they can't farm, but they, they don't. Uh, they don't. Their dog wouldn't head. They, I tried to get them to teach their dogs to head and bring them back to them, but they, they, um, they didn't want to head much. You can see a few different breeds of dogs too, like a few little cattle dogs coming down to the school. Uh, a few, uh, there's a few collies there. That, uh, English collies, if they get a chance of. 
on the right side, he didn't want to play right, so I didn't want to a lot of them, you know, I've married a couple of times that are very toxic, you know, they have an air conditioning set up and they have fire and burn and that's done well, I think they go with the great work, you know. Yeah. Uh, I lost you guys for a little bit there earlier, so I apologise for that. And, uh, I don't know if Laura asked, but did, did you have a favourite trial to participate in yourself? A favourite trial. Favourite trial. Um, I always enjoyed Malong, the state titles, as a chief. were very lively early. But... Um, that's in three sheets, and they, uh, on the last two days, they were very good running, good score on them. Um, I know I ran a night with a collie dog, a 98. I went in yeah. for the final with him, and he, he picked up the fence, and next minute they're up the creek. <laughs> Pretty no ground, was it? Uh, they were good when they were when they were right. Usually on the it goes for a full week, so usually Friday, Saturday, and then it finish about midday Sunday. That they were usually real good. We won every score on them. Yeah. But uh, in the yard trial, I been hard to think of a favourite one. Um, this is the, the first yard trial way back. I did the first yard trial in the state with the Wagga Yard. Wagga used to hold the yard dog trial there. And Dog Dolphin Vale Timmy won up there. Yeah. We won up there too once. Uh, uh, you know, we made much old pup and he. I don't know if it's going to be there. on the oven. But, um, that was always a good job. Yeah, obviously, like when you get good success at it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bit more enjoyable. That's right. <laughs> and what do you think your best trialling achievement was? Oh. Uh, I suppose winning the, the National Kelpie Trials, I suppose we won the first one at uh, Palmley Farm, I think. Chris Staple and I ran off in the final. Um, the father against son, the dog, Pat, and Tiger was, Chris had Tiger was a, was a uh, son of Pat. Yeah. We got the we got the got success there, so very good. Fantastic. Pretty cool to have the father and son there running off for the first place of 
a national event. It's pretty good yeah. for both of you guys. So it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's been a few. A champion, a champion, we won it one day. Um, we did 20 years demonstrating with the dogs at Sydney show too. Oh, wow. Yeah. What, what did the Champions of Champions consist of? It was the Olympic year, so we ended up getting in the Olympic Games, the opening ceremony. Um, it was Two dogs from uh, dogs from each state, actually. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that title is to get into uh, the opening ceremony. We're we're working wheelbarrows. Was that a utility? Yes. Yeah. 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 What was your favourite form of trialling? Yeah, well, probably did more yard trialling, um, but because there wasn't the utility trials or as many utility trials around, but I always liked. I suppose you utility trial to give you more uh, of your dogs' um, attributes, you give them more exposure, you know, like his paddock work and, and the yard work. But uh, I guess more the all the dog. Uh, a lot of you've got a, a dog's like that has got um, the paddock and yard work in him, so you've got a you've got more to work on there. You've got to get control and get a, a loose component, but uh, you uh, you've got to learn what learn about what you're going to train your dog for, you know. Like, Naturally, when you first go outside, the dogs are too hard, so you want to work at getting distance on him and um, calming your sheep down and things like that. You know? Yeah. So it's a more challenging, but uh, yeah, I do a lot of yard time. We started the yard. Steve Wayne started off first and was folded. wasn't ready for it then, but I started a bit later and really pretty popular today. It is my very popular sport, and it's just a great way to um, catch up with like-minded people and uh, see a few good dogs at the same time. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Jim, um, 
Thank you very much for your time this evening, mate. We've, we've appreciated it uh, immensely. I've uh, been wanting to have a chat to you for a long time, so uh, re really appreciate it. It's a pleasure. It's good to uh, talk about dogs and maybe hand a few uh, clues on to trainers. Yeah. No, absolutely, man. And yourself and Jan are residing up north these days? Yeah. Yeah, near Lismore, which you've heard plenty of just lately, um, with the floods, but um, we're in high ground, so but, uh, my daughter lives at Balmer, they get a little bit of water in their house. But, uh, yeah, it's good to uh, catch up with the daughter and the grandkids. And, uh, Jan's still pretty active, so she yeah, lends a fair hand. Uh, that's fantastic, mate. It's great to see he's got family, uh, close to your family, and got your young kids around. Yeah, good. Yeah. Sorry. Is that far enough? Yeah. No. Uh, Thank you. I'll um I'll do the technology for Dad and <laughs> turn it off for him. So Thank you so much for helping him with it all. It's um really been good to catch up with him. Absolutely. No worries. Thank you for everyone's time. I don't know how to switch it on. <laughs> <laughs> no one does. <laughs> all right, you have a, have a great night. Okay. Catch you later. Thank you.